0: Welcome to Christian Financial Perspectives, where you're invited to gain insight, wisdom, and knowledge about how Christians integrate their faith, life, and finances with a biblical worldview. Here's your host, Christian investment advisor, financial planner, and coach, Bob Barber.
1: Welcome to the 96 Podcast.
0: Wow,
2: 96.
1: We're getting close. We're getting close to that 100. 100. So today we're going to be talking about 21 financial mistakes that people make. And I don't want you to make them. (laughs) But I've made some of them, and I'm sure many of you have as well. I've served in the financial industry, Bailey, now for over 30 years. That's what all Mm -hmm. this gray hair that you see is about now. And I've seen a lot of these things happen that we're going to share today. And it's interesting. We're kind of doing twenty-one. You know, I had more, but we kind of consolidated because this being twenty twenty-one, and we've done twenty-one goals and twenty-one things to stay away from. You know, twenty-one's kind of the big, the big number this year. And I just, I really want to help guide our podcast listeners in making wise financial decisions and. Staying away from the uh, stupid ones.
2: <laughs> Amen to that. I'm all for hearing those. Well, like always, we're going to kick off with a scripture. And this one comes from Luke 14, verses 28 through 30. And it says Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay down the foundation and are not able to finish it, Everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, This person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Now, Bob, I know you've been a part of a group called the Kingdom Advisors for a long time now, and they teach that there are four ways to spend money. You live, give, owe, or grow. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that means?
1: Yeah, it's, it's really simple. And I remember Ron Blue came up with this, who is the, the founder of Kingdom Advisors. By mm-hmm. the way, I wanted to say, thanks for picking that scripture, too. That is a really great scripture. When I was putting this together, uh, I didn't have that scripture in mind. And when I saw you put that scripture up there, I'm, I'm glad you did. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a great one. When you look at money, there's only, like you say, four ways you can spend it. What you're living on, uh, what you owe, what you're giving, and what you're putting aside to grow. We call it live, give, owe, grow. And it's really a simple way of looking at money. And I've had an entire podcast on just this subject, live, give, owe, grow, and breaking down those four areas. And in the O area, you're always gonna owe taxes. So that's something we're never gonna get, get rid mm-hmm. of. But it also has to do with debt, and we're gonna talk a little bit about that today in those twenty-one financial mistakes. But You also think of that live, give, owe, grow. Think of it like a pie chart. If you divide that into four pieces, if you're living on too much, it's going to make one of the other pieces smaller, right? Sure. Or if you you live and you owe too much, then your giving is going to suffer. So the way that you increase any of those areas is by doing less in the other areas, But I never want to see that happen with giving because giving, as we know, releases the bondage of selfishness that we have in our lives. Hmm. And, you know, we we just had a podcast on giving that I think is so good. If you haven't heard it uh, as, as our podcast listeners, to go back and listen to that. Giving is all about, like you say, releasing the selfishness and, and sending on ahead to the kingdom hmm. and an eternal value.
2: That's so good. That's so good. Great. Well, with all of that in mind, uh, let's get into our list of 21 financial mistakes that people often make. Bob, what is the first thing on our list? So
1: here we go, 21. Sounds <laughs> like a lot, too, doesn't it? You, you, the first one I've seen so many times is that people make quick decisions without knowing all the costs are, that are involved in those decisions. Hmm. You know, like, like buying something too quickly. Maybe buying a, that vacation home, uh, guilty. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, I'm, I'm in a lot of these, and I've learned. But or maybe you know, buying a new car without thinking about it. And I always think I've learned now, as an old guy, it's best to wait two or three days, maybe even two or three weeks or two or three months
2: sure.
1: before you make large buying decision purchasing decisions and i think you need to think really deeply about them and pray about them because as a christian financial decisions should be a spiritual decision as well mm-hmm. and i know i'm old-fashioned here but i think it's good to take a piece of paper and write down what are the advantages of buying that new car sure. <laughs> or you know, buying that second home or whatever you're going to be doing that's a a large purchase. What are the advantages of that? And what are the disadvantages of it? Mm. And even small purchases, small purchases can really, really add up if you're not careful. And you know, today you have these apps on your phone, Mm -hmm. walmart.com or amazon.com or whatever those apps are, and you can just buy without even hardly thinking about it. Just boom, 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 boom. And before you know it, that adds up too so hold off on those decisions now you know food
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> you
1: need food i'm not saying to not ho- I'm, I'm not ever saying to, to hold off on that or or medi- medicines but maybe that brand new outfit that could cost three hundred dollars or that that purse i've heard purses can get real mm-hmm. high. is better to wait and say what are the what are the advantages of this
2: mm. I know that uh, my husband and I, we can often point the finger at each other for spending more money, but he's more likely to spend money on the big things. So he'll buy a new guitar for thousands of dollars. And I spend a lot of little bitty things like on Amazon, I'm constantly buying books. So I'm spending $10 after $10 after $10 on books. And so we'll look at each other and say, you spent all the money. And he'll say, no, you spent all the money. And he did it all at once. I just did it in little bitty pieces all throughout the month.
1: (laughs) I'm going to tell you right now, guys are famous for that well Mm. you know we'll we'll go spend the money on the on the big new truck or the boat or maybe the rv totally (laughs) yeah and then we'll we'll get upset with our wives when they're spending all the little money but the little bit of the little pieces never add up to what that cost so i'm sorry guys
2: (laughs) (laughs) well we've made the rule that he has to wait like a month before he makes a big purchase and that we have decided together but i do the same thing with smaller purchases i'll put it in the cart and I'll wait, I'll wait a week or two, and then I'll buy the book if I really want it later.
1: That's a good idea.
2: Yeah. So what's number two on our list?
1: This is an interesting one, but um, I've, I've been guilty of this myself, is, is allowing tax consequences to dictate large financial decisions. We all hate paying taxes. I mean, I'll meet people, you know, my tax burden is way up there, in over six figures. Hmm because I've been in business for 37 years, you know, I have to pay that. Sure. But people still complain even if their taxes are $2,000. And I've seen people make decisions strictly based on what the tax consequences are. As an example, uh, in investments, I've, I've seen uh, people that are over-concentrated in one investment.
0: Mm.
1: I've had a client many, many years ago have an enormous amount of money in just one major company. And I can't say what the major company is, cause that might be a recommendation to buy or sell, but it was a well known company that's been around in America for 70 plus years. This was inherited stock from her dad. And I'm talking in the millions of dollars. So she was all concentrated in this one stock. And I tried to get her to diversify out of that, but she said, well, I have to pay all these taxes. I could see the handwriting on the wall that this was a company, and it's an older company now, and the stock has dropped. Hmm. I mean, it's dropped 80%. But she didn't want to diversify because of the tax consequences. Yet diversification is all in God's word. You know, it's Ecclesiastes 11.2, give your portions of seven or eight because you do not know what disaster may come upon you. So don't make those large financial decisions strictly based on taxes, but it needs to be on wisdom too. Number th- The third one I see is people buying a new home or upsizing without counting all the cost. You know, when you go into a new home, Or uh, maybe an older new home, you know. But when you buy another home, you got to be thinking about the maintenance and repairs and the insurance and the taxes and utilities that are associated with buying that new home. You know, and many times it might be better just to stay put for a while and continue renting, even though the media has us convinced that you should all buy a home. Hmm. But that's not necessarily always the case.
2: Well, speaking of making those big purchases, what about buying a vehicle or a toy?
1: You know, I was, I was starting to touch on it while I go a little bit. And, and buying new cars too often is a major costly financial mistake. I see people make. I mean, cars, new cars depreciate by as much as 50% in the first three years. Oof. You know, not all cars, but pretty much 90% of them do. So I always ask somebody, would you repeatedly invest in a mutual fund or put money in a savings account, knowing that for sure it was going to be worth 50% less in three years every single time you invested in it? Sheesh. Would you do that? No. But many people switch out of cars every two or three years, right as the, the depreciation is starting to level out. So it's that first year and second year and third year. By the third year, it's it's best to buy a car that's about three years old if it's in you know still in good shape and you can find one that's got low miles. Let somebody else lose all that money instead of yourself.
2: Sure, sure that makes total sense. What about uh, big toys like boats and RVs and things like that?
1: You know what I've seen so many times is people they will, that's another major mistake and they'll buy these these toys like boats or an RV, maybe a four wheeler. Or a motorcycle and hey I want you to have fun I'm not saying you know life is not all about work um, but they'll they'll make these kind of purchases before they have six to nine months of cash reserves mm. and savings for emergencies or before paying off all their debts before having a systematic savings plan and investment plan for retirement so that's a huge mistake you need to have those things in place first before you both go buy those toys, which, by the way, are going to go down fifty percent in value, also in the sure. first three years or maybe more.
2: Yeah, I can attest to that. We bought a motorcycle uh, about four years ago, and we can't even sell it for half of what it's worth.
1: Because. Well, we've had some clients buy RBS, and and I'm I'm telling you, you could you could travel the United States and stay in every Four Seasons, and Ritz Carlton, mm-hmm. and J W Marriott in the United <laughs> States, and you'll never. Get up Ooh. to what an RV is going to cost you just the gas alone, and then you got to pay rent and all the insurance and and the hassle. Jeez. See, I've have heard of a lot of clients that have gone down that road and wish they hadn't have.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't even realize how risky those kind of purchases could be for people. They just sound like fun, right? You don't oh, think yeah. about the risk because it's just not sounds don't like have fun. fun. <laughs> hey, I've,
1: I've owned a couple of boats, and you you were asking me about that. We said, well, you have a place in Rockport. Are you going to get another boat? And I said, no. And what did I
2: say? He you said you're gonna make some friends who have boats. Exactly.
1: <laughs> they pay the insurance, and I just make some got good friends that have boats when they want to go out. I'll say, hey, can I go out with you the next time you're going out?
2: <laughs> That's wisdom right there. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about borrowing money. What are your thoughts on credit cards and debt?
1: Well, you know, a, a mistake that a lot of people make, and they're gonna they're gonna be surprised at me saying this, but is using a credit card instead of cash, and even if you pay it off every single month, which a lot of people do that, they say, Well, I'm using it to get all the points. Mm-hmm. But the studies have shown over and over, and you can verify this through Dave Ramsey, um, that when you are using a credit card to pay bills with, that on average, you're going to spend between 10 and 15% more per month or annually. Now I want you to think about that. Over the months and the years, you're spending between 10 and 15% more, even if you're paying off that credit card every single month. So it's costing you a lot more than all those points or airline miles that you're getting.
2: hmm Wow. I didn't even think about that. What about number seven?
1: Number seven is taking on too much debt. And our financial institutions, they love you to take on that debt. Because then you become a slave to them, right? Sure. It says that in Scripture. But the general rule of thumb, according to the financial institutions, is you know, having debt up to about 50%. The experts, well, I guess I'm an expert now because I've been doing this so long, it's the general rule of thumb is you should not have more than 30% of your monthly income going to debt payments. And mm. that's including your mortgage, Wow. so take your mortgage if you have a car payment or two or whatever whatever other debts you may have and it shouldn't add up to more than 30 percent that leaves you room for living on mm-hmm. all the rest of, of life's essentials for giving and for saving for your future
2: Wow well you know something I never even think about when I'm when I'm looking at debt is the interest rate it feels like it always sneaks up on me after I have a credit card or take out a loan on something like oh yeah this isn't just the loan (laughs) so what about interest rates oh
1: that that's definitely a big one too paying paying too high interest rate on debt that you do have I'm still seeing people that they haven't refinanced their home and talking Mm -hmm. to them they've got a rate of four percent and they need to refinance now before rates go up because they're about to go up if it's a 30-year mortgage and you have 25 years left on it, move it down to 15 years or, or 12 years, because you can get a rate that's about half of that today. And that kind of plays into uh, my, my next mistake, which is mistake number nine of the 21 mistakes, is not paying all your, your monthly obligations, always on time. And what that does is, is that hurts your credit score. And your credit score determines that interest rate. So number nine kind of points up to number eight about paying the higher interest.
2: Mm, That's good. That's so good. Um, Bob, can you tell us a little bit about the mistakes that people often make when it comes to budgeting or not budgeting um, and saving?
1: Well, yes, definitely. And, And this would be the number 10 of our 21 when it comes to that budgeting and saving is spending everything you make. So you need to learn to live below your income, (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm.
1: not above it, and also procrastinating. That's number eleven. Procrastinating to start saving, because the convenient time to save, it's never going to come. Everybody thinks I can do that tomorrow, but that's a huge mistake. One of the number one reasons for financial failure. I've done an entire podcast on that, is procrastination. And remember, we did the rule seventy twos. Uh, we did that what about 10 podcasts ago Mm -hmm. and uh how money you know compounds and it doubles on itself when every month that you procrastinate to start saving is costing you down the line of what your money's going to grow to so spending everything you make is number 10 procrastinating to start saving is number 11 and number 12 is having a lack of cash reserves for emergencies. Because that kind of goes into that number 10. Mm -hmm. If you're spending everything you have, you're not putting aside cash reserves. And you need cash reserves for emergencies, Mm -hmm. especially over the last year with the coronavirus because people have lost their jobs. People have gotten ill and you need cash reserves for illness. Or when things break, like if you own a home and your heating and air conditioning breaks in in your home. I've seen these... Heating and air units cost as much as $10,000, $15,000. You need those cash reserves for that. If you don't have those cash reserves and you're spending everything you make, what's going to happen when your air conditioning breaks in the middle of August? You're going to get it fixed, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What are you going to do to get it fixed? You're going to go into debt. You're going to go into debt. That's right. It just spins and goes into a circle. Mm-hmm. So you've got to learn to live on much less than you make. That mistake is not making that budget and not choosing a set amount to live on no matter what you make.
2: Hmm.
1: And so Rachel and I, we set our income at a certain amount per month no matter what I make. I know a lot of our podcast listeners get bonuses and their income goes up. But as the income goes up, instead of going up with that income like we have done, we're living on the same monthly amount. Mm -hmm. today that we were living on 10 years ago
2: oh my goodness
1: but my income is much higher but we've learned to live on that same exact amount coming in every single month there's an old saying that uh, i've heard at kingdom advisors to ask yourself how much is enough and is it always just a little bit more so Mm -hmm. learn to set up that budget Uh, we were just speaking with a couple just yesterday and one of them is a is a, about to graduate and become a doctor and so their income's going to go way way up and about to get a very good paying job but you know they're used to living on this 40 or 50,000 or 70,000 a year and now their income's going to go to maybe 200,000 plus mm. well if you've been used to living on 70 maybe raise your income up a little bit i mean you need to gradu- you know congratulate yourself for all that work but you don't need to go from living on 70 to living on 200 or living on beyond that. And so that that way, you're saving and building those cash reserves.
2: That's so good. And um, well, Bob, what are some of the things on the list that you feel like would be totally unexpected to our listeners that maybe they haven't even thought about?
1: Well, number 14 on our costly financial mistakes that people make, and I see this a lot, is buying low-quality things hmm. that will cost you more in the long run, like a cheaply made car or a cheaply built home, like a track home, you gotta be careful with that. I've seen many clients over the years, they've told me they bought a, a cookie cutter home and what's happening? The the builders building that same home four years later, a mile away or two miles away and selling it for the same price because the builder put inferior products just to sell that home cheap into the, the home, you know, the paint's starting to come off or fade and things are starting to happen with that home. They gravitate towards that newer-looking home, mm-hmm. but maybe if you had bought a, an older home and fixed it up, that was built the old-fashioned way, and slowly, that would not be happening. So I I see things like that. Even appliances don't always go for the cheapest appliance. Nowadays, appliances break though, and I you know buy the warranty that goes with it because they just wear out so much faster. Than they're, they're not built like like they used to.
2: Totally. Totally. What's number 15?
1: Oh, number 15. This is out of nowhere, right? (laughs) Not putting down roots in your community is a a major financial mistake I see people make.
2: Hmm.
1: You know, like roots in your job and your location. There's a book that came out many years ago called The Millionaire Next Door. And if you go and you read that book, and I would highly recommend everyone read that book, you'll notice that nearly all of the millionaire next doors, people you would never suspect are millionaires, they didn't move around chasing fantasies. They, they, they didn't always think the grass was greener on mm-hmm. the other side. They, they put down roots, and they had a strong and stable foundation, You know, roots in one town, one job, one spouse. hmm and I've just seen that financial mistake. When you don't follow that, it really costs you in the long run. Having that mentality that the grass is always greener on the other side. That was actually number 16.
2: Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Well, what about wise counsel? What mistakes have you seen people make uh, as far as not seeking any counsel?
1: Well, this is one of the big ones as we get near the end of our 21 is, is not seeking God's word and praying about all large financial decisions. Proverbs 2, 6-8 through 8 says, The Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds success, I like that word, in store for the upright. He is a shield of those whose walk is blameless, for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of the faithful ones. You notice some words in here. You've got success. He is a shield. He guards you. He takes care of you, um, protects you. This is why we need to focus on God's word because it's going to protect us. And when it comes to those financial decisions, it's a huge mistake Mm -hmm. for a Christian to move into any large financial decision without praying about it and seeking what God's word says. And the next one, number 18, is not seeking wise advice from experienced counsel. A lot of folks have made bad decisions, but they've learned from those bad decisions. Look for those that have been successful. Don't don't seek advice from the buzzards. Seek advice from the eagles. I mean, if I'm looking down at a hole in somebody and they're stuck down in the hole and they were you know hiking somewhere and they messed up, I don't want to get advice from them. But maybe I do. They'll say, hey, go around. Go around this. So So mm-hmm. look for that wise counsel. And look for someone that has those virtues that are found in First Timothy in the third chapter, which are virtues of an elder and deacon with a good reputation and well known in the community, and you know, married to one spouse, and just you know, known for their honesty and integrity, and doesn't get angered easily. Just somebody that's, that's calm and cool and collected, and has a good foundation, kind of going back up to that top one, and it's it's really good to seek advice from wise counsel and you'll be surprised that wise counsel many times will say don't do that even though you wanted to do that that's a warning (laughs) that's good yeah
2: well I know that these these last couple points talk a lot about some things that people often either forget to do or put off uh, put off towards later in life and so what are these final three points in our list of 21 mistakes
1: well Number 19, 20, and 21. Number 19 is is lack of insurance or buying it only on price. Please don't buy insurance just based on price. That is very foolish. You need to buy insurance based on coverage, and the protection it's going to give you. We have a future podcast that we're going to be doing with Ron First from Christian Insurance Services, and we're going to be calling it Insurance Do's and Don'ts, and that's, that's one of the things. And forgetting to buy that life insurance program, or life insurance, like for the breadwinner, uh, disability, mm-hmm. health insurance, auto insurance, making sure your auto insurance has the, the coverages it needs. I would like to recommend that you choose an independent insurance agent, not a captive one. Mm-hmm. That that's the only company that they can sell. Mm-hmm. And that company's gonna be pushing them to sell that. So that's one of the things I see people forget about is 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 that one. Number twenty is not having a will. So if they died prematurely, that could be a disaster um not having a power of attorney and a medical power of attorney if they were to go in the hospital and you know do you have do you have a living will or or you know letting someone know if you want them to keep you alive on a machine or not if you became incapacitated that's the importance of a power of attorney and having someone that you know can make those wise decisions for you if you were incapacitated and then the last one of our 21 today that's totally different too. It's things that people don't think about is, is investments and lack of diversification or over-concentration in one investment. Hmm. And don't fall in love with a stock or a company just because that was your grandpa's company that he worked for for many years. Or maybe that was your dad's or even your husband's and who's now passed. Don't hold on to that stock just for that reason, and the way to measure that, you know, a lot of people they they start to think they're 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 related to their stock. We well, hmm. call the company and see if they know who you are. <laughs> okay, so okay. your investment is not related to you if it's a publicly traded stock, unless you do unless you actually have large large ownership in the company. So diversification is so important, and I'd like to sum up all twenty-one of these with Proverbs twenty-one. Hey. You notice that? (laughs) There's a great scripture in Proverbs 21, 5 that it says, the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty.
2: So good. Well, there you have it. That's 21 financial mistakes that people make and that you can now avoid. As always, we're here to help. If you have any questions, you can just call us at our office. The number is 830-609-6986. Or you can find us on the web at christianfinancialadvisors.com. That's all for now.
0: invite you to listen to all of our past episodes covering many financial topics from a Christian perspective. To make sure you don't miss any of Bob's upcoming episodes, you can subscribe to Christian Financial Perspectives on iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, or Stitcher. To learn more about integrating your faith with your finances, visit ciswealth.com or call 830-609-6986. Investment advisory services offered through Christian Investment Advisors, Inc., DBA, CIS Wealth Management Group, a registered investment advisor. Comments from today's show are for informational purposes only and not to be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any company that may have been mentioned or discussed. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host, Bob Barber, and his guests. Bob does not provide tax advice and encourages you to seek guidance from a tax professional.